ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवायांग दिस मंथ्स टॉपिक ऑन माइंडफुलनेस जस्ट अ लिटल बिट ऑफ रीकैप द एक्चुअल गोल एंड पर्पस ऑफ माइंडफुलनेस is to become aware of your spiritual existence apart from the body and apart from the mind that you are an eternal spiritual being all of the traditional or authentic meditations that were used in relation to uh, mindfulness were performed for this purpose the reason of course is that our hope for happiness for security for protection our hope for love actually lie in our awakening to our spiritual identity to reconnecting you know our life is like such a often chaotic mess there is just like so much going on and it's not like well there's a couple of things i'll i'll give you an example in the vedas it says that sound vibration can have two possible effects if it is material sound vibration the effect is it increases one's entanglement in the material world in the idea of the body as being the self and it makes it so one cannot come to that rightful position where we belong of true um and great spiritual happiness The other form of sound vibration is spiritual sound vibration and that has the opposite effect that has a purifying effect it actually leads one to the position and the experience of enlightenment and self-realization and this is the same for for all of our undertaking in life we live in a world where um i think i mentioned this before and uh, just stepping back a little bit the principle covering of the atma the atma meaning the spiritual being you the self the principle covering in sanskrit it is called ahankara ahankara refers to the false concepts of the self that i am male i am female identifying with the body is permanently being me that and and all the things that that go with it from the yogi the yogi's point of view or perspective and it's not just a an idea their idea their reality this is a uh, uh, 
spiritual truth that is true for everyone at all times. They understood that all living beings, except for those who are endeavoring on the path of of spiritual discovery of self-realization, all living beings are operating in this realm of what's called ahankara, the false concepts of the self, the false ego. What Freud referred to as the ego um, is actually not the same as the way the Greek philosophers used it. His reference to the ego is what the yogis call the false ego or the ahankara, the false concepts of self. And if you look and examine the entire population, everybody's completely lost in these false concepts, which of course all ultimately completely collapse at the experience of death, and one is just stripped of anything to hold on to, because everything that you believed in, everything that you clung tightly to, is removed from you at that that point. And that becomes very distressful for people. In order to make it so that we can regain some clarity and to cultivate more meaningfulness in our life. The cultivation of this, what is called Atma Jnana. Jnana means knowledge. Atma means of the self. Atma Jnana, knowledge of the self, was considered the foundation of all spiritual learning and experience. The mindfulness meditations which yogis practice are fundamentally divided into two categories of meditation. One category is more connected with mindfulness. This conscious effort to remind ourselves of our spiritual being and to be able to remind ourselves and attempt to gain more experience in the reality that I am separate from my body and mind. So these category of meditations, there were actually three, three categories. First one was a meditation upon the fact that I exist. And that's quite a startling thing. Oh yeah, I know I exist. I just posted a picture of myself, you know. No, no. <laughs> no. This is a, a, a practice where a person actually calmed down, closed the eyes, not having any serious sensual stimulation around them, and just contemplate and say to themselves, I 
exist. And actually really contemplate upon that, that I exist, that I am. And so there were types of meditation that was um, focused around that. And what it did is really heighten the experience of your inner existence. The fact that you actually, you are in there somewhere. And if we could remove a lot of the clatter and clutter rather and um, distractions, I, I could potentially become more increasingly aware of that. That type of meditation was usually then followed by a reflection upon the fact that, yes, I exist, and I reflect upon something that I did perhaps last week. Where was I last week? You don't have to strain to remember. You just think of some event that occurred at any time. And you sort of go back there and just reflect on it and remember it. You can remember the sounds and maybe the smells and what was going on and how you were reacting to whatever that situation was, whether it was saying good morning to someone or who knows what, eating something, almost anything. And then there was an attempt to step back even further. About a month ago or two, just think of something that comes to mind. And then there would be again a reflection and a remembrance of that experience. And then there would be an attempt to step back even further a year, and then perhaps 10 years or even before, when one was quite, their body was quite young, and try to actually revisit this experience that you had. And then what is happening is this, this continuum is strung together with the thought that I existed then and I experienced those things. Even though my body may have only been six or eight or ten years old and perhaps, you know, ten or twenty years ago, and then more recently, and then reflecting on these things, there is this growing and actually intense experience that my body during this time has undergone so much change and transformation. In fact, within a period of two years, maximum three, every atom that's making up your body including the brain, becomes replaced. The body that you have on today is not the body that you've previously had on. It looks similar, just in the same way that a, a waterfall, you see it and you come back six weeks later, a month later, provided there's no drought, it looks the same. It has the same form, but there is a continuous flow of water. The water coming over the waterfall now is not the same water of an hour ago, a week ago, a year, ten years ago. 
and they they would reflect on and meditate on this and it just brought this increasing alertness and attention to the reality of their existence as being unchanging my body has changed i've undergone so many experiences and things but i actually haven't changed i am i am that same perceiver of things the same seer of things and i have occupied this body through all these changes i am undying i am eternal and i am spiritual in nature caught in a sea of constant change and fluctuation this becomes a tremendous one will develop a tremendous sense of of stability and safety in in this awareness you know we 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 become when we are lost in the external world and the ever changing body and mind that we're we're all over the place and we try to build sand castles on the shore and the sea comes in the sea of time and breaks them down and washes them away and we go out and rebuild them hoping this time it will last forever once we really more intimately connect with this awareness of my spiritual being oh what a relief everything begins to fall into place you become always able to accept the reality of the ever changing world and the ever changing body and the fact that it won't last your time in this vehicle is limited and it will come to an end but that's okay you are not going to change you are eternal and you just simply move on the third type of meditation that yogis would perform in relation to mindfulness is often referred to as a silent witness and what it is is an observation of the mind not getting caught up in it and not trying to control it or struggle with it but simply observe the flow of thoughts constantly going through your mind and if you really take enough time you'll begin to become a little bit disturbed by how fast is this rush and flow of thought remembrance of other things sudden awarenesses of sounds or uh, smells or things around you and you, you know it's kind of like oh wow and and what this practice was about it's like a person learning to sit on the bank of a river or a large stream and observe the water constantly flowing and sometimes the water is polluted and dirty and full of debris other times it can be very clear and it's but it's constantly flowing and learning to step back 
from that constant chatter, that constant flow of thoughts and emotions that are attached to it, that's constantly flowing down that river. Our general tendency is to not sit on the bank, but to jump in. And we totally embrace whatever's going on in our mind. We become truly victimized by our minds. All you have to speak to, or maybe in your own life when you've experienced severe depression, This is an example of being victimized by your mind. Your mind is going to a dark place and it's telling you all kinds of stuff. There's no hope. There's no purpose. It's just sad and tragic. You're feeling so much pain. You just want it to go away. And so you just pull the covers over your head and curl up in bed, not wanting to deal with anyone or anything. In this state, a person has become utterly victimized by the mind. They have jumped off the bank into that river and are just being swept away by whatever's going on. Uh, uh, The yogis would practice this technique in order to be able to actually step back. And they would practice it even in times where there were confrontation, or high emotion, um, anger, fear, jealousy, lust, greed, envy, all of these things, when they would arise, they would really take a time out, meaning not just go with it, but step back. And the observation is just look at this mind. What a mess. And this ability to step back and to realize that actually I don't have to jump in. I don't have to go with this. I can sit on the bank and observe it happening. This led to a a, a really transformative experience um, connected with, with the whole practice of mindfulness and mindful meditation. The other category of meditation that was practiced in in mindfulness was not so much what I've just talked about, which was a focused attempt to actually experience my individuality, my spiritual existence apart from the body and mind. It was primarily the practice of, of the use of mantra, this sacred spiritual sound which has descended from the spiritual platform. It has been passed down by great spiritual teachers in the system called Guru Parampara. In these lineages where they would pass down, what they are passing down is not syllables, empty sound. There is sound with an enormous spiritual potency attached to it. And when we take the time to immerse ourselves, to bathe in this spiritual sound, to allow it to enter first through the ears, but then to the very core of our being, to our heart, and allow ourselves to be enveloped 
in this spiritual sound. One of the greatest effects that is spoken about in the um, Bhagavat Purana is that it actually begins to thin the material covering of the living being. Don't worry, you won't lose weight. It was just... The thinning is a thinning of the subtle but powerful influence that the gross and the subtle material body has over you, the spiritual being. And as one of my spiritual masters would give the example of like a a, a caterpillar um, spinning a chrysalis, a cocoon, and then as the transformation begins to occur, when the um, what happens is the cocoon or the chrysalis starts becoming more and more thin and transparent. And it will get to the point where you can actually see through it and see the butterfly inside. And then eventually, as the butterfly becomes stronger and the cocoon becomes thinner and thinner, simply by moving its fragile wings causes the cocoon to split open and the butterfly emerges. This is the experience of of self-realization that through the use of mantra and mantra meditation that this covering becomes thinned and our true and eternal spiritual nature and form becomes apparent to us and emerges. In this state, a person may still be embodied, meaning they still have a material covering. But now the material covering has taken on many of the characteristics of the soul itself, of the Atma, in the same way that iron placed into fire eventually will take on the character of fire. The body and the mind of such a transcendentalist is simply an external manifestation or an instrument that is used by the Atma itself. So this is really the purpose and and how this form of of meditation, mindfulness, is used. Um, I'll just, in, in case anyone is interested, we're going to be running a, a workshop at Kawai Purupura on uh, the 9th of March, where we call it Living in the Now. And it's really about this experience. It is like an immersive, meditative experience that starts like at 10 in the morning, few yoga stretches, and then into really experiential um, meditations like I've just been describing, which are practiced throughout the day. Even during lunch, we observe what's called mauna, which we don't speak to each other. We try to be reflective on what we're doing and on the day, what the day is dedicated to. And we run all the way through a number of immersive um, meditative experiences that I think everyone that um, goes through it 
at the end of the day that's just like, wow, that's, this is amazing. And, and it helps people deal with their life and things in their life. And it provides spiritual nutrition and, of course, opens the window of possibility into how we can live a completely different life. So anybody that might be interested in attending that particular workshop, you can, um, I think there might be some um, flyers here. Otherwise, on the um, Meditation New Zealand Facebook page, you do have to reserve um, book a space because it's we don't do it with large numbers to keep it very intimate and very personal. It's it's a better experience that way. So if you have an interest in this, um, then please um, do ch- check that one out and and reserve a space. Okay, so that's the conclusion of this month's series on on mindfulness. Is it daunting or no? It's I, I hope it's not daunting. I, I, I assure you that the process of full self-discovery, of self-realization and of God-realization is actually the most natural thing for every single individual, regardless of what state your mind is in and what your life has been like up to this point or whatever. Every single one of you, it it is within your... Actually, it's within your control to a large degree that if you make the decisions and begin to walk this path within this lifetime you can be assured of of success does anybody have a question if right at the beginning you spoke about material sound yes spiritual sound we're all very familiar with material sound can you just explain What was the last part of it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> spiritual sound is like mantra. It has the effect of, of liberating. Material sound has the opposite effect of entangling us further in the world. For instance, when we, when we speak, And I'm not suggesting we're going to learn a new way to speak. We have a different way of thinking about things. But when I use pronouns, you, I, we, he, she, it, they, when I use that, for the majority of people in most cases and circumstances, we are referring to the material covering. But we are referring to the material covering as if it was the person. And so just in our speech and the ideas that we have about the purpose of life and where to find happiness, where to find shelter, when we present ideas that are material in nature, they cover us. 
and they make it increasingly difficult for us to recognize our spiritual existence. These types of discourses, in Sanskrit they are called satsang. Sangha means association, and this word sat refers to that which is both true and eternal. And so like when we have a conversation here about spiritual subject matter, that is entirely different effect on us than sitting down in front of the TV or hanging out with one of our friends and just about stuff. It produces two entirely different effects. The spiritual sound, whether it is spiritual discourse from a, a, a genuine and authoritative spiritual source uh, or, or origin, and the use of mantra, the spiritual sound, they have a profoundly purifying influence, influence on, on you, the spiritual being, and on your consciousness. Is that okay? Cool. Um, could I have a guitar? I don't know. Anybody else have a question? No, we're good. So we will use the tonight the Maha Mantra, also sometimes referred to as the Hare Krishna Mantra. And when we chant, at least try to practice a little of what we discussed, where just bathe yourself, yourself, your body, your mind, but you, yourself, the spiritual being, in this transcendental waters, invited into the deepest recesses of the heart, and it will have a tremendously purifying effect. Adi Brahma 
Thank you very much.